you care to step outside? We did it today. Superman. I'm sorry, honey. You are here. The lesser of has to Warning, PC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. All right. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to DC and RMD. I am Michael Flores, your host. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search DC on RMD. And in the studio today is Stephen David. Hello. Hello, Hello. everybody. <laughs> All right, that was a rough start. It's okay. We had Gus in there. Yes. I heard Gus. We heard Gus. <laughs> Listen, if we don't eventually get Gus Gorman in live action again, then the writers of Superman and Lois, they're just not trying. Yeah, no. they could they could hire that. What, what's his name? The guy that played uh, Chris Lan- Hart. Lando. Let's have Chris Hart play no. oh, you Gorman. Could, you could probably have Chris Hart. Chris Hart. Oh, you're talking, Steve. Um, I'm talking uh, Childish Gambino. What's yeah. his name? Oh, uh, his government name? I don't know. I forgot yeah, his, his, his name. It, but he should play Gus Gorman. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That'd be actually pretty good. Yeah. All right. So we really, really jumped to conclusions. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> In a way that I don't think we've ever done before. In fact, we make fun of people that do what, <laughs> what we, we just did. did. We got caught slipping. Yeah, we definitely became ultra fanboy nerds <laughs> we got our panties all in a bunch we were getting ready to jump ship but i did say to be fair to us i did say let's take a beat i don't want to say the sky's falling yet but there are some red flags mm-hmm. and sure enough this episode came out and i feel in my opinion and i'm very anxious to see what you guys say i feel like we bounced back yeah i feel like this was a decent oh, easily. episode easily yeah yes. because like again this this series finds ways of subverting everyone's expectations. Like you expect them to go one way because you, I don't know if it's because, you know, as DC fans, we are beaten by, that's what it is. Pretty much we're everything. Jaded. We're jaded. We're, jaded. We're, we're ready. And then all of a sudden Superman Lois comes along and gives us stories that basically we don't even expect. They gave us hope. They gave us they hope. Did. And with that second episode, I thought I was losing hope for a second. You thought you I saw thought, radioactive, man. No, I thought I, I felt like last episode was like when Superman got all loaded on whiskey <laughs> and, and, and let's relax a little and, and nicotine infused. Dude, I still laughed at that one, but he's relaxed a little. This episode, he bounced back and whooped his own ass. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're back in the yeah. game. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, we couldn't be more wrong. I mean, seemingly about all of the Sarah stuff, as well as the villain scenario. The villain scenario. Oh my God, dude. I was so angry at myself when it happened because I was really worried. And then also when the reveal happens, I'm like going, why did I not see this? Yeah. What you, did I miss? You of all people with what they're piecing together from what I was reading online of the different uh, points in, in recent history of things they're piecing together to create this yeah. incarnation. I figured that, that you should have had your finger on the pulse. Oh my God. D- David dropped the ball, but we'll, I get, the ball. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so the clarification of this episode doesn't nullify the inferior writing of the last episode because no, that no. It, it wasn't a great episode. However, we can say 
that retrospectively, the episodes seem to purposely be designed in a way to subvert our expectations. Even in this episode, they wrote a scene for Lois that was a blatant attempt to fuck with us where she says, well, she actually <laughs> uses the words doomsday. Yes. They were holding us hostage. Hostage. All the way through the very final moments of this episode. And mm-hmm. the villain ends up being Bizarro Superman. Ta-da. Now, that is the villain that was in the mine. He isn't, I don't think is going to, I don't think he's going to be the villain. No. And correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. I mean, more times often, more often than not, Bizarro Superman tends to be an anti-hero as opposed to a villain. He does because like, honestly, Bizarro was created kind of like as a joke character. You got to remember that he was created back in 1958 mm-hmm. to be in a title for Superboy. And it was supposed to be kind of like a jokey type of character. That was the opposite of Superman. He'd do silly things. He'd talk in reverse. Yeah. Talks like a baby. It wasn't, it, it wasn't until like. Didn't he fly in reverse like powdered toast? Yes. Man? Yeah. If you read some of those old Superboy comics with Bizarro. It's not good. It's silly. Yeah. But like the last couple of years, honestly, the last like 10 years, the character Bizarro has gone through a major overhaul to the point where. When they did the reveal for Bizarro, I was really hoping that it's the Bizarro that we know from the past 10 years because I was more psyched knowing well, that. Hold on, the might, last 10 years you mean in comics? In comics. Mm-hmm. Because th- that Bizarro is more exciting and more interesting to me than Doomsday. Because Doomsday is like the simple moment in Superman's life. Right. It's a major milestone moment, right? But Bizarro, the last 10 years has become like almost like a dynamic well, character. I want to be, so I have a hypothesis, but I want to be very careful of, of not jumping to more conclusions like we did before. <laughs> and, no, theories are fine. Just, you know, what we did last week, we, we, threw, oh, a, we yeah. threw a tantrum. We, we threw, threw a tantrum. tantrum. <laughs> but, you know, and I don't want to take credit for this because um, I I was reading some various articles across different websites and blogosphere sites and we we got to remember that while this show is pretty detached from the Arrowverse as a whole we saw Diggle mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that he's the Diggle we know right yeah now, they acted like they knew each other but that doesn't mean shit so what we got to remember is one of the key pieces to the last few episodes is Clark is having these visions, right? And in these moments where he can't control what's happening. And so he's clearly connected to this other being in some way. Yeah. And we got to remember that we did get this Superman from a crisis crossover event. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we don't know yet if what came out of that mine is while his S may be backwards he could just be another Superman from another, another verse. verse. Yeah. And that's why they're connected. Yeah. yeah. So you're thinking they're giving us a variation of Bizarro Superman. They're going to make. I think it's plausible yeah. that yeah. it's it's not just a straight Bizarro. It's, a, 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 you know. Which they, is what TV shows do all the time. Right. Yeah. Because even John Henry's uh, Superman that he fought with and dealt with on his different. earth. Yeah. Was different. And was more similar to what we saw with the evil Superman in the in the crisis stuff 
That's true. So it could just be an alternate universe Superman. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's from a backwards universe. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I was kind of thinking the same thing because of that connection, because I don't believe they've ever been synced that way psychically, I guess. No. Uh, right? In the comic books? So, Not in the comics, no. Yeah. So I have a feeling that they're going to connect the parallel universes yeah, to this. Because outside yeah. of, of Barry and what they've done in The Flash from time to time, which hasn't been the same, we haven't had two beings really from different universes show up show and go head to head against each other. We don't know what happens when that happens. Well, it's yeah. also a possibility that they're, because we can't just, the writers can only forget about John Henry's world for so long. For so mm-hmm. long, yeah. We know nothing about what really went down on that planet after John Henry left. Natalie hasn't even filled in the blanks. Hey, you know what? While you were gone, uh, I survived because A, B, C, D, E, and F. We don't even know how she survived. Why? Why it took her so long to follow her father. Exactly. There's a story there. So I have a feeling that that world is going to be connected, maybe not directly to Bizarro Superman, but there are going to be these connections now to these other universes because there is a specific reason why they have chosen not to tell us what has happened exactly. on that planet. I mean, the last we saw bad Superman from that planet was when he was chasing down John Henry in his Winnebago yes, in space and, or whatever he was doing to travel in time. And you got to also figure that the necklace around Bizarro has to play into something. Because that's what caught my eye when you first... What if he just likes gold chains? (laughs) It's gold chain S. The first time that I saw it, I was like, okay, that has to play into something. And it probably is something tied to like what you're saying, Steve, where it's a different... Well, she came here. Natalie came here from her verse in some way, shape, or form that Mm -hmm. really hasn't been fully fleshed out. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to say that... That he didn't come with her, follow her, follow her potentially. Also. Okay, so we're getting in some really geek territory. So I want to, I want to go there, but <laughs> give me a second because you had a theory. You know, we should probably just get into it now. You had mentioned the syndicate, Dave, during our pre-show. Oh yeah. Okay. Because Morgan Edge <laughs> seemed to have. See, last episode seemed to have he seemed to be aware of what was happening yes, when he, he said I forgot his exact verbiage but he alluded to the fact that he was aware of what was happening and he even told him I'll see you soon so he's aware of what his ultimate plan was on earth and we assume it was just about Bringing back Kryptonian life via the Eradicator, right? Yes. But what if there was multi layers to this plan? A contingency. And what if this plan also included the Syndicate in some way? And what if the reason why he knows this and he failed, right? Yes. But we know there's a planet that didn't fail, and that's John Henry's world. What if that bad Superman is the beginning of the actual Syndicate, and that's what actually happened to that planet that the kryptonians taking over was stage one bringing over the villains of the dc universe into that world as well as the syndicate is phase two 
Yes. So there's a lot of things they can do. And that's why I like this show and what they do, because the other DC shows, sure, you can theorize and but you kind of see based on the writing style, the, the writing on the wall with this show. The writers are so fucking careful with what they do and they allow us to speculate because they you can tell they have plans on top of plans. And, yeah. and, and they're they're really pulling a bunch of different puzzle pieces out of the box mm-hmm. and putting the together to keep us constantly hypothesizing and guessing and assuming things. But it's, it's, it's a hybrid. It's an amalgamation of all these different things and, and executed in the best possible way. Well, think about yeah. like, think about it like this. I mean, last episode we all hammered that basically we were like pretty much all on the same page saying that we can see the ending from a mile away. And that's how we felt at the end of the episode, right? Right. And just to your, to add to your point, Mike, that's very, you we, know, we that, only that's saw, very, in reality, we only saw like five we feet. Only, five feet. Yeah. But like, yeah. it's very, it's very, you know, CW-ish. It's very, that's the type of writing you expect in say like Flash where you yeah. see basically the entire thing. Bo- Bobby right can tell you. you the entire series and what's going to happen based on the opening four episodes, four episodes. of the flash yeah. and if legends. That, if that, and, and, and this one's not been that. It's not no. like that. And, and you know, my, my, just to jump into it a little bit, mm-hmm. my hypothesis is, yeah. cause I don't know anything about the syndicate other than what you, you guys have briefly brought up in, yeah. in past episodes, but we really don't know who that woman is that's working at the mine, <laughs> no. mm-hmm. but she's got oversight over that mine mm-hmm. and she knew what was down there and it could still be this crossover multiversal type thing. It could be Morgan edge it had seeds within seeds that he had sown. Yeah. But I, in the back of my mind, I'm sitting here thinking who's bankrolling this chick is this how we get Luther? Was greatest, Luther involved? That's why the greatest in, criminal mastermind exactly. of our time. And our time. honestly, with Bizarro showing up, and if you know comic book readers who are familiar with the last ten years, know they changed the 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 origin of Bizarro to be Luther created Bizarro. Yeah, there's a connection there. So like. Would would this be the way that we actually find out? Maybe at the season finale, Luther shows up. And is it the Luther that we expect to show up in in the way of, uh, what's his name, John Cryer? Yeah. John Cryer, yeah. I, I really hope they keep those separate because that's the topic yeah. for another time. Because there's a lot of things that were going down in the Supergirl season finale and it just didn't make sense for Superman not to be involved in some way but, unless they're not in the same universe. But exactly. And Mike, same thing with this show last season. Where was Supergirl during all of exactly. these shenanigans? Exactly. Where, where were any of these people? Mike? Where's any of yeah. the heroes? The only one that basically yeah. show, has showed up is Diggle. Is Diggle. And he doesn't count. And think about th- think about it this way, too, is kind of like if it was supposed to be John Diggle from the Arrowverse, the last time we saw John Diggle... He got a mysterious green box mm-hmm. and er- everyone on the CW has been speculating that Diggle will become the green lantern mm-hmm. in the Arrowverse. It's obvious that basically this Diggle that showed up in last season has no green box, has no, has nothing to do with the green lantern. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So there is a rumor that Diggle and his connection is going to be something related to Superman. And it has to do with Justice U. They're theorizing 
that Diggle will have a connection with the DOD and that the Justice U will end up spinning off into a series with John Diggle. So I don't know the ins and outs of that. So let me do some research and then get back to people about that for our next show. Have you heard of Justice U, David? I think is relatively well. Justice U was it was just the supposed new CW show that's supposed to be coming out. Okay, so it's not even based on a comic then. Nope. Okay, that's why I've never heard of it. Okay, <laughs> the only way so I don't feel that the much only, of a DC loser then. The only thing about Justice U was actually it was supposed to be tied with. Uh, What's that new show, Naomi? Yeah, please don't. It's supposed to be tied to that. Oh, God. And, you know, it, it's it's going to be part of the Arrowverse. Everyone knows that. They think it's going to be part of the Arrowverse, but the Arrowverse is dead. I was, you beat me to it. I was just going to say Arrowverse is dead. <laughs> yeah. And what little life is left of it is like a dead corpse. <laughs> and it would be it would be silly of them. To try to rejuvenate it when they have two shows that are not really connected to the Arrowverse. I guess you can say Crisis and all that. But technically, Superman is, is its own show. Yeah. Stargirl is its own show. Those are the two top performing DC shows on the CW right now that are written very, very well. Especially Stargirl. Do you really want to put that Arrowverse funk on two shows that are doing just fine without that nasty penis I mean, resting on his leg? Couldn't we bring in Black Lantern or Black, I mean, Black Lightning? How's Black he, Lantern? How's, how's he doing? Black Lightning. Oh, yeah. Everyone seems to have forgotten no. that show. You know what was the, the death sentence of that show? Was the crisis. Yes. Bring it into the Arrowverse. Put the Arrow dirty penis all over it. <laughs> That's not a wrong assessment. Well, I did find something interesting, Mike, okay. about Justice U. Um, it's actually I got it off an article for that explains that David uh, Ramsey to star in Justice U drama for CW. And there's an excerpt here that's actually pretty interesting. Here's how the network describes Justice U. After spending years fighting alongside masked heroes, John Diggle embarks on a new mission to recruit five young metahumans yeah. to live undercover as freshmen at a prestigious university. <laughs> there, oh there he will oversee their education and train them to become the heroes of tomorrow. This sounds stupid. It sounds like... We need to do something because the oh, Arrowverse oh, is Steve, dead. You yeah. have you have no idea how 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 this could go really bad because Justice uses executive produced by Arrowverse mastermind Greg Berlanti with Berlanti Productions uh, mastermind uh, <laughs> <laughs> partner Shara Scherster and TV president David May, uh, Madden also created as EPs. Uh, Justice U is the second DC show that Berlanti is developing at the CW for 2022 and 2023 that will uh, broadcast alongside Gotham Knights. Yeah. But listen, on the network. there is a article that was published. I want to say via deadline that both CBS and Warner brothers who owns the CW are looking for buyers so they can sell the CW. Right. <laughs> they don't want the CW anymore because they don't need it. Originally, a channel like this back in the old days, which was on what the UHF channel is technically what it's on still, except we all have cable now and digital services. So we don't even realize that it's a, a UHF channel, which is its own little band all alone. It used to be uh, the UPN. Then it was uh, the WB, WB and now it's um, CW. the CW and these channels worked really well for the bigger networks because 
they would dump smaller shows on them mm. or they would sell space to syndicators to put their own TV shows on these networks. And it was a great way to bring in some extra revenue and, you know, bring in end of the year profits, right? To be above the red. Well, in today's TV landscape, all of these networks have streaming services. They no longer need TV channels like this. Yes. When you have Warner Brothers with HBO Max and CBS with Paramount Plus, where they're dumping all of their high-profile shows and they have regular TV shows and movie studios, the CW has no place any longer, has no purpose. So CBS and Warner Brothers wants to sell it. Yeah. So if that happens, they lose the license. So these shows that they're going to put out are going to be short-lived. And the shows that are currently airing that are earning good ratings they're probably going to move them over to HBO Max. That's yeah, true. that's what I would but, be thinking. But Michael Greg Berlanti is the greatest television mind of our time. Yeah, that's such a fucking <laughs> shit. Who wrote that? His own PR company? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> look, in all fairness, the one thing that I actually really enjoy that he is a, a producer of uh, is you on Netflix. Yeah, he's not a bad producer. The CW content he puts puts out isn't great but i believe he's in charge of isn't his name on doom patrol as well and yeah. also yeah. it's on titans it's on it titans is, it is so he does produce decent stuff it just it, makes it you sh- wonder what goes on over there at cw man I, it's the cw they don't care over there that's exactly all it is. that's the yeah. thing is like when it comes down to unfortunately the arrowverse listen there's upscale bars and there's dive bars yes and arrowverse mm. tends to there's be there's vegas bar. strip clubs and then there's Southside phoenix strip clubs you know, I guess. I mean, there's always a yin and yang. Even the dive bars in Hell's Kitchen look like a good time. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this officially here. Besides the curveball that was last week, upon reflection, this bizarro Superman element does seem to be on par with our theories for last season. It does seem like they are sticking. To that idea of bringing various versions of Superman into the shows like Steel, possibly working toward a doomsday storyline eventually when eventually. they're ready for it. Yeah. But for now, there doesn't appear to be any doomsday involved. And I feel okay because all of us on this show said it seems a little too early to bring in that yeah. type of name into a show. But if they give us two or three seasons of fleshing out the world of Superman and all of the potential replacements of Superman. And then they bring in doomsday. It would feel, it would feel better. I, it, I agree a hundred percent, but since I feel that they've sort of shot their wad by even putting a costume together, that was close enough for doomsday mm-hmm. and for her to, for Lois to have muttered the words doomsday. doomsday. I think they're just fucking with it. Come I, on. Yeah. Yeah. I, but you know, once you've already done that to then do it legit two, three seasons down the line or whatever it could be. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like that would be a, a mistake. Well, not if not if they use another fake word for another villain yeah. they allude to, and well, then this what happens to yeah, be. But, then, we, remember, but, but re- then they've shot their wad on these various supermen that yeah. come as part what of if, the reign of. What if in three seasons, David and Steve, they say, "Hey, don't be Solar Man about this, Clark," Solar and then man. suddenly Solar Man is not the villain; it's Doomsday. That would work. It's doomsday. Oh my! Oh my God! Uh, don't but be like, all Solar Man. man. <laughs> 
Oh, that's horrible. That's, well, so is Solar Man. <laughs> well, then the whole then the whole series just becomes a giant pun. Like <laughs> then Gus Garman has to show up. Yes. No, but like if you think about it, they did this last season with the with the very beginning when they with did Lex. the Lex Luthor thing. Yeah, they did. You're and right. they they said Captain Luther, and everyone said, "Oh, it's Lex." Yeah. And then you find out, no, it's John Henry Irons. The 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 tech was Luther's. A- after this week's episode and the season we were given last year, I'm not going to be a baby anymore, and I'm not going to say there's something they can't do because obviously they can. These groups are right. This group, this particular group, is pulling stuff off fairly well. So they know this. I'll say this: they know the source material. And they know how to pick those puzzle pieces out and reconstruct them in a way to make you lead you to believe that you know what's coming as a fan and then have no clue what's coming. And as then a just fan. change it up. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't believe Bizarro Superman to be the main threat of the season because I don't know if I describe him as a cosmological event as Superman's mother did. Maybe there's some link to the parallel universes, as you were saying, Steve. You know, maybe like a tear in the universe is causing that. Yeah, maybe. There are some interesting things that can be done with a character like this. You can explore identity, for example, self-identity, how it pertains to Superman. But even better, possibly the exploration of irony in or as it pertains to identity when it comes to Superman. Because the character is designed around the idea of irony. The things he says He means the opposite in a lot of ways. And if you look at this essay that I found online several months back, it has to do with irony. And if you just listen to this paragraph here, you can immediately see exactly what they could do if they want to go the intellectual route with a character like this. The use of irony and identity. Okay, so irony reflects a disparity between what one says and what one means, or in some cases between what one appears to be and what one truly is. And the importance of being earnest, Oscar Wilde uses the irony and identity not only as a humorous plot device, but also a vehicle for commenting on morality, which is very heavily connected to Superman. Uh, The entire plot is a tissue of deceptions concerning both identity, who one is, and character. The values one lives by. So there's actually some pretty cool things that they can do with this character if they choose to go the route of the what the opposites, I guess. Because we don't really know yet if they're going to do that because we didn't really hear him talking a lot. Did he say any opposites yet? No, no, no he, he was really. speaking in a funky language. Like, like I was telling you earlier, yeah. Mike, it could just be reverse Kryptonian. It what do could you still guys be reverse. Want? What do you guys want as Superman fans? Are you... Are you picky about it? Do you not even have an opinion? Do you not care? I don't want it to be campy. Yeah. With Bizarro? Which the, which the the irony aspect tends to be, the way they do it in the comic books, it tends to be a little silly. It tends to be silly, but that's why the key is creating that connection between Bizarro and Clark now. Exactly. Because like being able to give the character of Bizarro that connection means that we're getting a window into Clark's mind. Yes. And suddenly you start actually bringing up like the most powerful scenes in my opinion for in, in this episode was the times when Clark was having issues dealing with trying to control his anger. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And if that is a window into Bizarro. Yep. That's essentially what's inside of Clark. Can you imagine if they take what they worked on last season when it came to Superman and really 
dissecting his character from a very human lens as opposed to just the superhero. What we're getting is a very domesticated version of Superman because we see him balancing the the hero life with the family. And if they bring in the idea of identity and how he identifies, which also has been a part of various comic book runs, you know, which is the stronger dominant personality, the actual character of who he is, whether it be Clark or Kal-El or the alias. And if you bring that in to the ideas of identity and who Superman is or who he wants to identify as or who or how he identifies, I think it could really work with a character like this. Because as I said, this character isn't going to be the main villain. What this character is going to do is going to be used to flesh out Clark. Clark. That's that's going to be his purpose more than anything. And that's what it should be because especially with the character of Bizarro, it's very, I'm not going to say that Bizarro is not a threatening presence. He, he really is. When you take a look at it, he is top tier villain when it comes to Superman. But when it comes to story purposes, there's not much you can go with, with Bizarro. Isn't he more of an arch nemesis to Superman as opposed to a villain? Or would you say he's an outright villain? Because I don't I know if I even, would. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, even call, say he's a villain. I wouldn't even he's, say he's an arch nemesis so much as he's just a force that Superman has to An obstacle? Deal. He's an obstacle. He's an obstacle. Okay. He's right. usually an obstacle. And it's not like every single time Bizarro shows up, he's not doing something malicious. Right. He's doing something that he thinks is correct. Yes. And... But that's because he's all backwards in the head. Yeah, and that was the beauties of like seeing the seeing the character progress throughout DC's history was because then you created you know Bizarro World, another multiverse yeah, yeah, where yeah, everyone yeah. Mm-hmm. was in Bizarro mode, and then you know to Bizarro that's how you do things. You speak in reverse or you do things that you're not supposed to, and it's okay. <laughs> and I feel like Superman, at least from the little bit that I've I've observed of their interactions, is there's a little bit of empathy and, and compassion at times from, from Superman towards him. Towards him. Because he understands, like, he can't help it. He's just backwards. He's just backwards. And it's... So are the people from the South, I heard. <laughs> it kind of goes in line with, like... people from the South. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't some of your, the people from the South your relatives? Yes. yes. <laughs> My family's from the Virginia Hills, so... <laughs> but the, um, the... When it comes to Bizarro... He's never really been like, oh, I'm going to destroy Superman. No, right. he shows up and basically he's kind of at a loss usually because he he wants to act one way. But because he thinks the one way is right, it's obviously that, that that's not the correct thing to do. And he's like the sling blade of Superman. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> because that was the beauties of like in the comics, as I, as I alluded to earlier, the last 10 years of Bizarro's story. Mm-hmm has been really fantastic because they dived into the fact that he's not a malicious person. He just thinks that in a lot of ways, like an autistic person where they think one way and that's the only way they can think Mm -hmm. because that's how their brain can make it function. Yeah. But I don't think he's like, he, he's not like, you know, rain man. He's, he's more like, Steve is autistic and he's he's not bizarro. He's more like, he is like the dude from Sling Sling Blade. Blade. He's from Sling Blade. He likes, he likes tater fries and, (laughs) and, you know, that's why it's going to be interesting because like, even from the teaser trailer, I'm like kind of wondering 
what is the bizarre, what is he going to be acting like? And that's why I like this approach way better than what everybody thought we were getting, which was doomsday, doomsday, because you can't do these types of stories with doomsday. Doomsday is just a big dick. Oh, yeah. He's the, he's, he's the, not an interesting character. I, I, he's like, just a murdering creature. That's he's like an endgame boss. Yeah. I like the lead up to what or how he becomes so hateful. The idea that Kryptonian scientists kill him and recreate, recreate him, him and kill him and recreate him. And that's why he hates Kryptonians because he has been murdered thousands and thousands and thousands of times. I mean, that's a, a cool story. Yeah. But how often do we really explore that aspect? It would take its own TV show to really get into the ins and outs and the psychology of that. So I think for the purposes of this show, Superman and Lois, Bizarro Superman, I feel works just fine. Now, David, are we going to get the graveyard of solitude? That's what I want to know. Because <laughs> the graveyard of solitude. <laughs> what? That's that's it's, his fortress. It's his fortress. Oh, Bizarro's. That's why I think he shows up at the end to the fortress, the of, fortress solitude of solitude. Because the fortress of solitude is destroyed, and I have a feeling that's going to become his graveyard, graveyard of, of solitude, solitude. Yeah. because it's all in shambles and destroyed. I thought about that too. It was kind of like I'm, I was like going. That's going to be his graveyard of solitude. Oh, my God. Yeah. And out of, Superman's out of, new solitude is going to be Morgan Edge's place. That's kind of what I'm thinking place. they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. So quick break here. Get more DC and RMD content by pledging to our Patreon page. This year, we've got a lot of content planned, a wide variety of DC content planned for Patreon subscribers. So you don't want to miss out. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge a minimum of $5 a month to gain access to our podcast and behind-the-scenes tiers, which today, right before this show, we recorded a pre-show where we talk very casually about Bizarro Superman and some other terrible storylines. Tidbits. Mm -hmm. Tidbits. So head over to patreon.com slash Digital. Go to patreon.com slash Digital and get more of what you like. So the Superman and Lois team are jumping into the family dynamics of the lanes. Uh, This could be interesting. Now, is it just me or are they being coy as fuck with this Lucy Lane stuff? Now, that's not a negative. I'm only asking because it seems very murky purposely. It does. They allude to certain things. Obviously, it's a given that Lucy was involved or is involved in some cult. And Lois was partially responsible for closing it down or exposing it through her journalism. But that's all we know, right? I haven't missed anything, correct? No. I mean, the the only thing that I'm, I'm kind of curious as to why they're playing so coy with the Lucy Lane reveal. Because are they trying to set up a connection to Supergirl? Please, no. Because yeah, I already I heard. Lucy Lane was in Supergirl and everyone's like, oh, is it, is it going to be the Lucy Lane from Supergirl? And that's what they're leading it up is. to. It is. <laughs> it, it is for sure. And I don't know if it's the same version, but exactly. Jenna Duwan, I believe is her name. According to TVLine.com. Oh, yeah. Jenna is recurring or re what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, re reappearing. Reappearing. Or returning as Lucy Lane and Superman and Lois. But, and she is a 
steamy, oh, yeah. steamy, steamy woman. So I went down the rabbit hole on, <laughs> on her when when she first popped up because she used to be married to Channing Tatum. Fuck that guy. <laughs> well, yeah, and because they were both dancers, uh-huh. and she's a professional dancer. She was on Dancing with the Stars. The if ballet. I'm not mistaken. Um, no, like you know, like exotic, pop, like pop dancing, oh. like you know, like the pop stars that stage the kids dancing watch and listen to. But anyways. She's a complete, girls. total smoke show, that woman. Yeah, she's unstoppable. I can't take it. But if you think about the, <laughs> if you think about it, if they bring this Lucy Lane in and she's different from the Smallville Lucy mm-hmm. Lane, then all of a sudden Steve's theory that he mentioned is makes sense. I don't think it's going to be Showing different verses. I don't think it's going to be the same because Morgan Edge was recast. Exactly. And... Um, are we supposed to believe that Morgan Edge and Supergirl the whole time was Al Rowe? I mean, come on. <laughs> exactly. It, it, That's I why I don't think this is going to be that version of Lucy Lane. Can she really fall down a rabbit hole of, you know, a cult rabbit hole in seven years? That's why to where her life is completely falling apart. It's torn the family apart. It feels like we need more time. Hold more on, time. Hold on. Because she seemed like in Supergirl, she had a good head in her shoulder. She was part of the military. She was dating Jimmy Olsen, if I remember correctly, which she would never date that guy. Fuck him. <laughs> but still. Did you seriously just ask if in seven years time, someone can fall victim to a cult? Uh, well, yeah, that quickly. Have you not paid attention to what's been going on in this country the last five years? I was Let kinda, alone. Yeah, but that- That's been a a slow burn, though. It didn't just happen. It didn't just happen, but it was amped up in less time. And also, let's not remember that there was a... Let's not remember or or let's remember. Let's remember uh, or not forget that there was a former CW actress who fell into a cult. And it didn't take her no seven years to fall. That was like 20 years, though. So What? Smallville was like 20 years ago, almost. Right, but it didn't take her 20 years to become a full-fledged, you know, person that's in a cult and branding people's privates. Yeah. She was like, just waiting for someone to save her, okay? Oh, God. She, oh my God, Mike, no. Like, no, Mike, no, don't go there. Don't go there, Mike. <laughs> so she had Stockholm Syndrome is what you're saying. Oh, man. Okay, so I do think it's an interesting direction for Lois. It hinges, just like last season, on Lois's credibility and integrity as a journalist and her ability or lack of to juggle her domestic life and her responsibilities as a journalist. That's definitely something they're sticking to this season. That was a big part last year, especially with uh, Beppo, I believe is her name, you know, yes. questioning her, her oh, journalist yeah. integrity because of the secrets she keeps. And to be perfectly honest, that's a great storyline because she is compromised. She is. She is. And technically, if you go by the old school journalist ways of integrity, she probably shouldn't be a journalist anymore. No. Newsflash. 90% of journalists today shouldn't be fucking well, journalists. Yes. Well, think about That's why I said the old school idea. Like Walter Cronkite and, and, right. and Tom Brokaw and shit. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's the thing that's really fascinating about this season when it comes to uh, Lois is like the prior season, she was the rock that everyone leaned on. Mm -hmm. So she was like that, the strongest character. She was the alpha. We've always, we're saying like, this was actually Lois's, it should be like Superman's in the background. Lois Lois is the hero. Lois is the hero. Beginning of this season, we finally got to see Lois almost vulnerable because now we know her weakness. We, we, We see her like having to deal with 
She don't have weaknesses, David. She, does, she doesn't want to deal with. The she doesn't want to deal eyes, with. Her eyes kind of a weakness. She doesn't want to deal up. with her own flesh and blood family when it compares to, you know, her boys and right. Clark. You know, comparatively, she would rather be with them than her own blood family. Which is her her dad, her, so, her sister. Well, you should be. I mean, if you don't want to be with your kids, I mean, you shouldn't have oh, kids. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but not having kids. It, <laughs> it's one of those things that this That's season yeah. has showed that, like what you were saying about, like, Tyler having less range. Um, I didn't say that, Dave. Were you making things up? A, <laughs> I thought that was. I said that off air. Oh, oh that was off air. This is going to be cut. <laughs> that, cut that out. But it's the. It, How dare you expose me? <laughs> with the with the whole Lois thing, we're getting it to see that great range of Elizabeth. Uh, I hope it's Tulak. 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 Yeah. And so so she's not our rock anymore as she was in season one, then who's, who's, rock? who's the rock? I, I think she will be still. You think she's going to Yeah, she's I don't because know. this is what's going to happen. I've seen this so many times with TV shows. Many times the, the people that cast these actors, they have no idea. They may have a general idea of how good they are or how bad they are as performers, but it usually takes a season for the writing team to be like, oh, shit. We, she we can know do, what they can do. She yeah. can do whatever we give her. So let's fucking use her. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to see these highly emotional moments because the writer, the writers now know what she's capable of. But Mike, I, you, you said it earlier though, in this, in, in the show, this show has a way of subverting our expectations. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like I hope if nothing else for her as an actress, um, that they give her more material to even broaden that range further. I agree. Oh yeah. And then I I'm actually excited three, five years down the road, maybe less than where her career goes because of this. Because of this. After yeah. this, she's done with CW. I hope. Well, I, I, I would feel hope so. I feel like this is gonna be her her breakout series that will show people, fuck, this this lady can act her ass off. I, I yeah, she she should be on some Deeper, yeah, darker she, material. She probably will be. Yeah. I mean, from a writing perspective, the scenes in this episode between Lois and General Lane and an acting perspective were very naturalistic. Yes. There's a grounding element that's conveyed through the careful writing of their dialogue. They talk, which is how people should write episodes and dialogue between people. You write it as if they already know the conversation because if I were to bring something up to Steve that we talked about two days ago, I'm not going to fill him in with all the context that he already knows. And in this episode, when I said they were being coy purposely, it's because they're writing it in a way that feels more natural. They yes. talk like two people would talk about something they both know about the topic yeah, but we that don't. they're talking. Whereas we get many times the exposition dump with explanations that feel forced. So, well, the amazing thing, too, was like, even with General Lane's acting, I, I forgot the actor's name, just the looks he would give during those scenes with him and Lois, mm -hmm. that tells a story. Yeah, it says more than words, and it adds more mystery to it. Yet, Yes, eventually we're going to need to know the details, and we will for sure learn these details. But for now, imagine if they were talking and they start telling us, oh, I can't believe Lucy joined that cult. And, and <laughs> yes. then, you know, you uh, you know, you had to print that article, Lois, and, and then I had to run away because they got scared. That's what other shows would do. This show gives you a, an actual realistic conversation between two people who already know the topic they're discussing. Yeah. I loved it. I absolutely thought it was probably the best scene of the episode because those two actors are probably the, 
the best talent the show has. And there are good easily. actors in this show. Oh, easily. I think they're the top two. They're yeah. definitely the top Well, they also have a long uh, career behind them. They've done other things. They've yeah. done other things, especially that dude. That, uh, that Murphy or I forgot his name. But I yeah. can't remember his name. But I mean, he spent years on Nip Tuck just killing yes. it on that show. Yeah. So we already talked about Lucy Lane. She will be making an appearance soon. Hopefully she's all like just, I hope she's all burned out. Like, you know, that burnout look. <laughs> Just like, like she's been like she's been taking needles. In her it, it, no, 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 no. That not that type. Just oh. like just completely loaded on pills and just like <laughs> frayed hair. Like <laughs> wow, just hot and like, just strung out as fuck. That's that's hot to you. Whiskey well, sours in the morning with well, pills. That's like a a, a seven year old woman <laughs> would be. <laughs> what <laughs> had me my whiskey sour? She doesn't have teeth anymore. I don't want that. Oh, oh. I just want a hot, like, woman that had, like, a couple bad years, you know? Like, you know, five, six years of just kind of misery, and so she's super extra hot. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, so switching gears to Sarah, since nobody's on board the burnout train with me. Because <laughs> it's just, that's a very odd thing to say that yeah, that's hot. I want, I want my woman to have her shit together. Exactly. <laughs> For relationship reasons, yes. I'm not I don't want to be in a relationship with a burnout, but you know, a little freaky time, you know. <laughs> love making, <laughs> if you will. Sounds yeah, like you're gonna wake you up and be like, where's my wallet? It's that one night stand. I it's will, the one night stand. I have thing. no problem with that. For one, I don't have a wallet. <laughs> Number two, I don't carry cash ever. Okay. So this isn't the, the 1980s. <laughs> so she's not so she's not someone you want to take back to your place. Mm. Steve's idea of life is either the 1950s or the <laughs> the, the early to uh, no, it's early. Like, it's like the it's like the late 30s, early 40s. You see, you might steal well, my girl. wallet. You see, <laughs> yeah, and you want to bring back Dame and that broad God. stole my wallet. You see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so was- let's get into this whole Sarah and Jordan scenario. As I said at the top of the show, we were way off. Oh, dude, I'm happy we were way off. Oh, yes. And I think Helbing and his writers, I think they were aware of what they were doing. They were fucking with us on purpose. I stand by my thoughts on the execution of last episode, but I can see behind the curtain now and I'm not as stressed. So basically last week was less about accommodating the CW demo as we had theorized mm. and it was, was more about constructing a way to pose questions pertaining to trust. Yeah. And I have a feeling that's going to be the main story for Jordan and Sarah this season is the ideas yeah. of trust and how they set that up. When you look back retrospectively at that last episode, it now makes sense. Um, and I'm glad I, I like that way better, you know, using Sarah's adolescent indiscretion as a foundation, essentially, for what will probably become more a more intricate plot for Jordan and Sarah's story. Yeah, he's he's going to end up. My theory is at some point, I don't think he's going to give it a year before he has that conversation with Clark. Yeah, I don't think I so. think he's going to slip up under whatever pressure in whatever moment. And then that's going to create. Some unnecessary um he, he needs okay. jordan needs real fatherly advice forget that he's your son for a second and pretend he's one of the boys and be like listen anytime you want to tell her because you love her just go in the bathroom and jerk one out okay <laughs> you'll see completely clear oh thank okay? god i thought you were gonna actually say you know you kiss her and then she'll magically oh. forget 
and it's uh, part of our powers. It's part of our powers. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm going to teach you, son. I'm going to teach you. The you magical would, kiss. You just you just line your lips with Roofie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's what really happened. But I am really, I, I, I'm with you there, though, that basically I'm happy where they're going with the Jordan thing because it feels more natural for Jordan to act the way he is because, like, Last season, he was upset that his dad was keeping a secret. So the lesson to him in last the uh, last season was don't keep secrets. Yeah. And then this episode, he's like trying to tell his dad, well, I shouldn't keep a secret then. I should tell her right away. But he's not understanding the gravity of the situation and what that, that means for exactly. him and for those that, that he cares about, particularly this girl that he allegedly loves. What I think... I mean, he's all in, too. He wants to marry her. Like, I know. Jesus, yeah. bro. I mean, I know she's got big boots, but calm down. You have a whole, your whole entire life ahead of you. Yeah, but, it, but the thing you'll is... You'll learn, like, kid. <laughs> but the thing is, it's so natural because I, you you feel that, yeah, that's what a, a kid like that We've would all act. been there. We've all been there. We've all been stupid. Stupid like Daddy, that. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, though, I, I agree that we might have sidestepped or been misdirected into the CW. Um, uh, it seems trope. purposeful, yeah. Or however, however, when she, when Sarah opened up to her mom about what happened, and she said, "You know, I kissed a girl at camp," even her mom was like, "Oh." And it, it, it kind of gave it this inflection. It, it, her tone was like, you know, expand on that. Is my daughter maybe a little bi curious or maybe she is maybe gay? And, yeah. we, and so I'm not throwing it completely out of the realm of possibility that we might see something down the line. But what I thought was interesting, because we, we thought we thought that Natalie might create a little bit of a love triangle dynamic. I'm starting to get the vibe that Jonathan's going to end up hooking up with Natalie. Natalie. Yeah. I got that vibe too, especially. I'm not against that. It's, it was interesting. Like the last episode, you, the way Natalie was portrayed was completely different in this episode. It, like it she was, was a completely different character. It was. And, and maybe she came back. She kind of ebb and flows, which is weird. I hope that yeah. makes sense down the line. But I'm not okay necessarily with them hooking up because it's incest. It's incest. Tactically. They're half <laughs> siblings. Tactically, I mean, it's Brady Bunch. See, this is, these are the hard hitting questions, though, Steve. Is it incest if she's not really your sister? Because it doesn't matter. It's from another universe. It doesn't matter. Oh no, that, that he brings up a good is point. Is it no. true DNA or does that DNA vibrate, vibrate at a different at a frequency? I know my mine vibrates. <laughs> out of me but you know no what you got to do is you got to take a sample of these two and compare them and and you know sequence the genomes because i'm telling you he's gonna be like oh you're not my sister you're not my sister (laughs) lois on this earth and the lois on natalie's earth are still the same lois i bet you they got the same you know Gattaca <laughs> genome the there. Genome? You're not really my sister. You're kind of not like my sister. Kind of like my sister. Not like my sister. See, they can tell themselves that until they start having their own bizarro kids. Exactly. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that is how. Maybe you- that's what happened. This Sling bizarro blade. Superman is actually from the future where Jordan and Natalie finally sold, you know, sealed the deal. And and Barry, or not Jordan, Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan and Natalie. Yeah, and and Flash brought. 
him here. <laughs> I think we just wrote the show. I, I, if we were the Flash Riders, we definitely did because think, that is an awful idea. Yes. I think that's like an idea straight from Flash. Now, I will say John Henry Irons getting his suit like a boss. I Cool shot. That was awesome shot. I haven't clapped while watching a TV show in a long time. And I was like, that is a fucking job I, well done. I did a fist pump in okay. the air. I'm not going to lie. And part of me... A part of me was like, as I knew soon it was he, coming. I knew it was coming as soon as he started running. And part of me was like, I feel like I'm getting a low rent <laughs> Iron Man shot. But yeah. then, but then it cut to a side shot. Yeah. And I got Iron Man plus Neo mm -hmm. bullet time. Bullet time. <laughs> and it was like, okay, they're adding things to it. I loved so it, it. Was, it was really cool. It was a cool moment. Yeah. But the thing I cracked up at, he has this awesome moment. And Bizarro just like backhands him. Yeah, and he, he's out. He shot him with God knows how many of those little rockets, and it didn't do the red. The, I think that was like the the Kryptonian blaster that he was it using. Didn't do shit. And it didn't do anything <laughs> to Bizarro. So yeah, John Henry Irons again becoming just dude. He every scene he's in as Steel is always good. I'm telling you, I wouldn't mind seeing a series of Steel. I, listen, I'm, I'm I'm with you, but let's just wait. In I want to see how far we get with this this storyline of this Bizarro Doomsday Superman situation in the hopes that they do have to team up. We do have to get the Eradicator. We do have to get these other metas because there has to be a moment where John Henry mm. has to get the S on his oh, yes. armor. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So Lana is officially running for mayor, and I don't know if I really care. At this point, unfortunately, I care less. Yeah, it feels weird saying that because I really liked her last season. I still like her. I, I don't think she's a bad character, but they need to do something fairly quick for us to care about this storyline. Because last season, everyone's storylines were connected in some way. This mayor thing is just an outlying story strand, a narrative strand that doesn't really connect to the bigger story. And that's not necessarily a good thing when you're talking about TV and you're dealing with ensemble cast. Yeah. So they have to find a way to bring her narrative back to the main storyline. Otherwise, it's just going to feel weird. Yeah, it, it seems almost like a dead end or a waste of energy. But I, I'm with that farmer that called her on her shit. Like, hey, you sold us all these bogus reverse mortgages. <laughs> We're all broke as hell because of your ass. You think I'm going to vote for you now? Yeah, I'm... Yeah, I mean, Lana just can't get it right, can she? I mean, nope. no. she brought Morgan Edge in. Look who she married, bro. I, well, that's... <laughs> what's that saying? A man's only as strong as a woman behind him? Well, a woman's only as strong as a man, the man behind her as well. And she's got to kick Kyle. What's his name? What's Kyle. his fucking name? Kyle. 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 And, and what's this fucking... <laughs> not bar mitzvah. Um, Why is it every time we bring up Kyle, you no. seem to like ramp up in upsetness? What, what, is, what does he say that they're going to make Sarah celebrate? The, uh, Kinsinata, Kinsinata. Kinsinata. I'm like, listen, you're not really Mexican, Kyle. You're a hillbilly. <laughs> Quit pretending. Well, isn't he? I mean... He's yes. supposed to be. He's yes, supposed to be. But, but there's no... The reason why that feels weird to me is because people... <laughs> that celebrate quinceaneras. What is that? Can you explain? For it's what is it? 15, 16 year old. I, I believe when girls turn 15, 16 years old so and they're considered w a women. woman. It's when they're supposed to get their. It's awful. basically their mm. idea of womanhood. This yes. is when they become a woman and regular run of the mill Mexicans. 
don't celebrate don't celebrate that. it. In order to celebrate something like that, you are hardcore into your culture. Or you're just straight hillbilly, Mike. Or you're just straight it sounds, hillbilly. It, it sounds like it's just a holdover of a lot of different, uh, very just, conservative religious beliefs and views. It just doesn't fit with the way they live their life. There isn't, there is no Mexican culture in that family, <laughs> so it feels it. weird that suddenly he says, "Oh yeah, she's going to, uh, you know, celebrate a, her quinceanera." I'm like, and I'm gonna make tamales, like in, in like, the middle just, of nowhere, fucking <laughs> Kansas. It just feels weird. It's like Kyle's going, "Hey, hey, I am Mexican. You know that, well, right?" Wait a minute. Yeah, and and the good it's thing like is, the CW is trying to remind us that they have a Mexican in the show, yes. so that people don't complain about diversity. That's what it kind of feels You'll like. You'll be to able me. to make killer tamales. They're surrounded by corn t- husks. <laughs> oh, I there mean, you go. Yeah, he's got plenty of stuff to wrap them in. Oh God, Jesus that's Christ. so horrible. Yeah, because that's what makes up a tamale. Only the corn husks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help him here. <laughs> so Jonathan Ken's girlfriend is slinging drugs, kryptonite drugs. I. That, that seems a little weird to me too, but that w- kind of caught me off guard because I'm like going, number one, where did she get them? Because how do you get like Superman drugs? Dude, apparently everybody's hanging out in that fucking mine, uh, yeah, just getting stuff out of it. So that's knows? why. That's why I, th- I'm thinking that basically that storyline is gonna reveal the major villain. Okay, so David, I'm mm-hmm. curious about how you feel about this, and Steve too. But for, let's start with you first, Dave. Now, me personally, I don't, I'm not mad at this show. I love this show. However, I really hope that they don't fall into the same classic Superman tropes that we get all the time in our TV shows for Superman. Everyone has power and it all stems from some type of kryptonite. It is so fucking tired. And I'm hoping they don't do that. And it seems like they're doing that again I, this season. I, I hope so too, yeah. Maybe they, they'll they do it well by comparison to what we've seen. Well, it depends. Maybe? I mean, if if this is the uh, the story where the quote-unquote kryptonite drugs are related is to Jonathan. And for me, it's why, why what's the point of the story? If the point of the story is to basically drive home the, f- the fact that Jonathan in this season is battling the fact that he has no powers. He looks at his brother and he goes, well, you got all the powers. And he looks at his dad, looks at his mom, even who basically is a superhero in herself last season. Hmm. And then there's Jonathan who just stands there and he feels like he's the odd man out. He feels like I don't bring anything to the, to the table of the family. And that's why I'm, I'm 50, 50 on the whole drug element but I'm okay with it because of how they handled it in this episode. They tied it to the fact that Jonathan was really upset about being more or less up, uh, thrown off the football team. I think he's feeling insecure and and, and that adds to the insecurity of that character. And I'm okay with that part because that was actually an interesting story for him last year. You know, what happens to a boy who is like King shit in Metropolis, and suddenly he's brought and down suddenly, to earth. yeah, and suddenly he's not the he's not the big swinging dick any longer. He can't even play, you know, first string on the football team. He's in the shadow of not just his brother, but his father, his father. Lois. Everyone has something special. Natalie can and, build shit. And think about the element that basically they've been doing with. Jonathan's dialogue. He's always talking about leaving Smallville. He's the only one out of the family yeah. that basically says, 
I got to get out. I have to go back to Metropolis or I have to get out of Smallville. Which on one hand, it's interesting that he he called her out on it. And maybe that was just because of the circumstances of this kid being such a bully towards him. But maybe had that not been the case, to your point, David, he he is not necessarily thrilled about being here. He He would rather not be here. Another direction they could have taken, or, or maybe they take, is is he gets involved in it to get that upper hand. Well, didn't he ask? Didn't he ask for the drugs? Yeah, he basically told her that he wasn't going to actually rat her out. He wanted to buy the drugs from yeah. her. Yeah, what he should be doing is lines off off of her ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, and, and I'm like, did you fuck him too? That's what I'd ask. But the, that's the and that's where I'm like going. <laughs> What's that guy's I, name? Or the stupid loser, Jack. I don't know. I forgot. He's a meathead, though. But uh, that's where I'm like going, that storyline, they have to be really careful because it's very easy to go into, you know, stereotype, stereotypical writing when it comes to, oh, this character has to deal with drug use. And it's not not just, go ahead, Steve, sorry. I was going to say yes, but because of the type of drug that this is, it could be too early in the season to do that. But if they slow roll it, he could become something that they have to deal with, not just from a, a drug standpoint, but if he's sitting there getting hopped up on this Kryptonian, you know, crack, and yeah. then he starts becoming villainous in nature or doing things, that could be an interesting arc. Oh, yeah. It, well, think about this. I thought about it and where it could lead to really interesting story elements is like if he, if no one did this entire season, no one finds out that Jonathan is taking these drugs for superpowers. They just think that, Oh, his superpowers are coming into effect and Jonathan plays it up and basically, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my powers are coming in. So cool. All right. Everyone's happy. That could and they be an interesting storyline, especially because he is Kryptonian. Yeah. We don't know how that may or may not affect him because exactly. of what DNA he has. It could go sideways. And, it, and that could lead into really cool story arcs that tie with Jordan problems with trust okay so you guys make it sound better you guys sold me on it i'm okay with it i the thing is i think for me is it seems like every dc show there's some drug yes and that's why i say they have to be careful and i'm like listen you guys tell me there's out of all the decades of comic book stories you can't pull something else besides some fucking drug that someone's going to use to get power they do this in literally Every, Every show I have watched over the last five or six years. Well, I mean, just it's it's art mimicking life. Yeah, look at <laughs> I mean, look at no one's taking drugs and and getting powerful. We're getting drugs and doing drugs and being stupid. No, well, I don't know. I thought there was people when <laughs> they, they were taking all that uh, crocodile shit. They were getting all amped up and yeah, and then they ripping their people's body parts off. fall off. That's well, not what type of party is that? That's not a party. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get so high right now, and then my dick's gonna fall <laughs> off. Oh, yeah. All right. So, final thoughts. I like the episode. I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm gonna give the episode an 85 percent on the RMD score. How about you, Steve? Yeah, I, that's exactly my number two. It felt it was super strong bounce back from last week. I rated it super low, but for me, I walked away smiling. I, I enjoyed yeah. the hell out of it. I and you know, as funny as it sounds, I'm in the same. I actually have the same score as you guys. Okay, so 85, so 85 all around because. It's a great bounce back from like what I remember that I gave last episode a 60. You gave it 63. I was 60. Yeah. So, I mean, this was, this was a strong comeback. Let's see if they can keep going. Yeah. 
All right. I want to thank everyone for listening. We will be back next week as well. Stay tuned. Later. Bye-bye. Who are you, bitches? Mother of God. Would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. 